Hey, hey, you're listening to Rising Into Mindful Motherhood. I'm your host, Dr. Katie Wood. I'm a barefoot mama bear, pharmacist, integrative fertility health coach, and lover of all things nature and animals. I'm on a mission to have intentional conversations about the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to fertility, pregnancy, postpartum, and beyond. My mindful guests and I will be talking about struggles, wins, natural wellness, and how we grow and transform as we enter motherhood. My background in healthcare has shown me how broken our medical system is. My own struggles to become pregnant has shown the lack of support for mamas-to-be, the lack of guidance for women to have a nourishing and vibrant pregnancy, the isolation, mom guilt, and all the things we hold after bringing baby Earthside. I want this platform to be a place where women can feel connected, safe and supported to share and hear their stories. A place to use our voice to discuss and advocate about what we need and deserve as mothers. So let's dive in, shall we? Hello and welcome to Rising Into Mindful Motherhood. Today I'll be chatting with Dr. Christine Arsenault. She is a pharmacist, a functional medicine certified health coach, author, and speaker. Christine is a mindset mentor and health coach specializing in Lyme and autoimmune pain and complex health challenges, and she comes with 15 years of experience in the health and wellness space. Today, we will be talking about how Lyme disease can affect mothers and in turn their families, as well as how healing our relationship with our mother can actually help us heal physically. So welcome, Christine. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you, you know, kind of came about to specialize in Lyme and autoimmune pain? Yeah, so I am a pharmacist and after graduation, I did a residency. I worked in a hospital as a clinical pharmacist and then for about six, seven years, then I switched over to retail and I managed a compounding integrative pharmacy. Uh, for about six, seven years. And then I decided to get out of the pharmacy field in the traditional way. I've always been interested in holistic health, open to holistic health. And I just felt really unaligned with my profession. I didn't feel like I was really making the difference in people's life that I wanted to. Um, So that was one of the main reasons for my pivot into health coaching, but I also had my own personal journey with Lyme disease, and that's why I'm passionate about that area specifically. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with you. I feel like, you know, I did retail, and it definitely, after a while, it became very clear to me that that wasn't a super aligned fit, mm-hmm. um, because really, after I got outside of college, you know, I, I kind of went down my own healing path and, um, you know, working on my own fertility, pregnancy health, it really just kind of opened my eyes to a ton of different modalities and, and holistic ways of health. So I definitely love that. Um, so tell us a little bit about your Lyme journey. When were you diagnosed? Yeah, so I was diagnosed when I was 29 years old. I got bit by a tick when I was nine years old. So that's my best guess of when I contracted it. So it took 20 years to get a diagnosis. Um, And part of that is because, you know, Lyme is known as the great imitator because it can imitate so many different things. There's so many different symptoms. And I was always pretty healthy. So I think my immune system did a good job of, of keeping up until it didn't. 
Um, so, you know, I had a lot of things throughout childhood, ear infections, strep throat, mono, different things that are normal, you know, people get, but it just seemed like I got a lot of them and I got them in a more intense way than a lot of my peers. Um, and then I had like psoriasis, which is an autoimmune skin issue and you know, just different things here and there that I didn't realize there was something bigger going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was really when the big things started happening that I started digging. Um, and so one of those was actually a miscarriage that turned into this rare form of cancer where the fetal cells stay in your body and start replicating. Um, and then about a year after that, I ended up in the hospital with meningitis. And so like after those things, I was like, Hmm, maybe something bigger is going on. Maybe there's an underlying issue, something with my immune system that's like causing all of these things to go wrong. Cause I'm in my twenties. I'm, I've been healthy my whole life. Like there's something going on. Wow. So when you were bit, when you were nine, did they, you know how they'll give like doxy as like a prophylactic treatment? Like, did they do anything like that? Did they do any testing? As far as I remember, I don't think I even told my parents. I just remember I had this big thing on my groin area that was like fully engorged with blood. I don't even know if I knew what it was. And I just like pulled it off of me and probably just went on with my day. (laughs) That's kind of alarming. Like when you think about it for children, because as a child, you wouldn't necessarily know like, hey, maybe I should tell mom and dad. And, you know, maybe you just kind of flicked it off or something, but I know we have to be careful about how you take ticks out and that like their head comes with them and all that stuff. Um, I have gotten bit by a tick once before myself on my wrist. It wasn't um, engorged at all. It was very small and my doctor didn't feel that I needed doxy. So it's kind of crazy how much like your physical symptoms, it took 20 years for them to really manifest and for you to finally find out. Yeah. Now, your body creates biofilms to protect yourself from the bacteria. Um, you know, kind of like tuberculosis. It's like that too, where your body like walls it off to protect you. And so I had a lot of biofilms where the bacteria was walled off. And so I think that's part of the reason I didn't have symptoms for so long. Wow. Wow. And so you were 29, you know, did they find it right away or was it just you got thrown into all of these testings and everything like that, all of this lab work to try and figure it out? Well, oddly enough, I was I was working in a hospital, but I also was doing some health coaching on the side and working with the holistic doctor and his wife and, and several of his kids happened to have Lyme disease. So he was like really researching it and knew a lot about it. I also had a lot of clients that happened to have Lyme disease and I was like researching it and just knew more than not only the average person, but the average healthcare practitioner about it. Um, But it was when I was in the hospital with meningitis, I asked the infectious disease doctor who was also a colleague because that's where I worked. If she would test me for Lyme disease or tick-borne issues, because I thought it was weird that I had meningitis and I thought, well, maybe it's a tick-borne thing. And she immediately dismissed it and said, there's no such thing as chronic Lyme disease. And I thought that was really odd because meningitis is an acute condition. I hadn't even implied I had anything chronic. I just was like, well, maybe there, you know, there's a a tick-borne infection here because we had already ruled out the bacterial meningitis. We weren't sure what it was yet. Um, And so I thought that was really odd. And that was when it really kind of 
cemented in the whole like controversy with Lyme disease and how there's all these conflicting opinions about it. Um, and so it was that doctor that I was working with on the side who really pushed for me to get the testing. And that's why I did it. Mm -hmm. And what did your, your healing journey look like from there? Yeah. So a bit complicated, I would say it took me like four years yeah. Of, of really healing, really doing deep inner work. I moved, I, I had been living in Michigan and the cold weather was really hard on my body. Um, it, I moved to California where it's easier to eat healthy. Like I was doing gluten-free, dairy-free, organic, all of those are, it's just much easier to find in California. There's a lot more Lyme literate doctors. So I just felt like I could get better care there. And I also pivoted to working in a more integrative pharmacy, which felt a little bit more in line because I do feel like that misalignment in my career was contributing to me not getting well. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, I did therapy and crying, like realizing I had been suppressing emotions. I healed my gut. That's I didn't jump right to antibiotics because at this point I'd had it for 20 years. You know, antibiotics are the most effective when bacteria is replicating quickly. And at that point, it just didn't seem to make sense to me. Mm -hmm. And I, with Lyme, if you just go right to killing, but you don't have a good immune system, you don't have a good gut, then what happens is you kill off the bacteria. Your body has to detoxify all of that dead bacteria, all of the, that die off. And it creates this inflammation in your body. It can set you back. Mm -hmm. So I focused on getting my gut healthy, detoxing, um, you know, the whole mind, body, soul connection, really doing all the things before I even, um, went to herbs that actually killed off the bacteria. Wow. And I had a bout of candida a couple of years ago. So it's pretty similar. Like you yeah. really have to go about it in a very intricate way. So then you don't have those like awful symptoms that you can get by the die off. Like you have yeah. to make sure that you are set up to be able to detox that properly. So I love that you kind of were like, okay, making very rational like decisions instead of freaking out and oh my gosh, I need to take antibiotics or do whatever to get rid of this. And I wonder, cause I know that Lyme is one of those things that's like very tricky. Like if you don't know a lot about it, you might not go about treating it in the right way. <laughs> that's an understatement. Yeah. So like depending on the doctor you would have been working with, if, if a doctor would have been like, yes, antibiotics, this is what we're going to give you. Or for someone who didn't have the background that you had to know, I mean, it's kind of crazy that you were already doing all this Lyme research to me. Um, and then it happened to serve you so well. Yeah, I feel like that's just how the universe works. Like I had one of the pharmacists that I worked with in the hospital had Lyme disease, and she was telling me all about she was doing doxy, but she was also doing like IV vitamin C and these other things. She was telling me about that. Then I flew out to California for a Lyme disease conference when I lived in Michigan without even knowing I had it. <laughs> and as I was sitting there, I'm like, hmm, this sounds familiar. This sounds familiar. This sounds familiar. So it's funny how the universe works. And it just like kept throwing Lyme in my face until I couldn't ignore it anymore. Wow. That is crazy. And it's so true. You know, the universe will give you little breadcrumbs. You just have to like have awareness about it and, you know, be open to kind of explore a little bit. So yeah. how, so it took you about four years to kind of get back to a state of health. 
And then when would you say you decided like that that was going to be your focus for health coaching? Um, I started my business in 2019. So I got well, um, what was it? It's been like five years. So it was like around 2017, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly, I just didn't want anything to do with Lyme at that point because it had consumed my life so much. And I was just, I, I had this like very distinct moment where I, I got well, I made the decision that Lyme disease had left my body completely. I stopped going to all my practitioners. I stopped all my supplements. I was just done. Um, which I don't necessarily recommend other people just <laughs> stop things cold Turkey, but that's, that's how it was for me. And, um, so I just didn't even want anything. I just wanted to enjoy my healthy life. And then, um, it just kind of kept coming back. It was like, people kept finding me and I wasn't happy with what I was doing. And I had all these other ideas as far as businesses. At one point I had a natural skincare company, um, which then I had to stop because I got too sick, but I thought about starting that again. And I thought about going into the cannabis industry because that was an area that um, I was really interested in and something that helped me in my healing as well. And so like, I had all these thoughts, all these things to do, but again, like the Lyme just kept whispering, people just kept needing help. And I was like, okay, I, I went through this for a reason. I know that I can help people. I know that I understand this better than most people, most healthcare practitioners. So it was kind of like, I just, I, I, I the decision made itself. It was like, I had to do this. Mm-hmm. Wow. That almost seems like our timelines almost line up a little bit. So you said 2017 was when you were like at your best level of health. Yeah, that was the day. Like, so it was plant medicine for me and becoming aware of a subconscious thought that had to do with my mother that allowed me to fully heal. And it was like, in that very distinct moment, I was like, I am purging the old version of myself. I'm becoming a new version. And I woke up the next morning, a new person without Lyme disease. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I only mentioned like our timeline seemed to align a little bit because um, with my fertility journey, we had started trying in 2017. I mean, like November. So 2018 was like a really big year for me. And then I was pregnant, had my child. And like you had said, being a fertility coach wasn't necessarily like on my mind at that point, not really because it was, it had consumed my life or anything, but, but then I knew I wanted to help people in a more holistic and natural way. And it just, you know, like the universe would kind of drop little hints of like, this is where you can do it. Like, cause initially I was thinking pregnancy to help Mm -hmm. coach women with, but really it's the fertility piece that can then help people to have a healthy pregnancy and postpartum and all of that. So, and I started my business in 2019 as well. (laughs) So that's kind of funny. Um, what was I going to say after that? Yes, I would love to get into the mother wound and how healing that relationship because um, after working a few years helping women on their journeys, you know, like inner child work, past trauma, a lot of like mindset shifts that is really really coming up a lot more. And I'm being very much pulled into that direction to put that to the forefront of how I, you know, help my clients as well. Like I, it's pretty much up there with nutrition for me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the fact that you 
also experienced that on your own healing journey, I just think it shows how important it is for so many different things. So I would definitely love to hear like your take on that. Yeah. And I could see how it could definitely be important in pregnancy, especially the relationship that you have with your mother. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, we all have deep childhood wounds, whether we have a traumatic childhood or not. So, you know, on the surface, I had a happy childhood. I didn't have any big traumas, any abuse or anything like that. Um, but I would say my mom has narcissistic tendencies. I would, I would consider, you know, emotional abuse, mental abuse, um, some of the things that I went through in childhood and we just kind of do things to protect ourselves and they serve us well when we're children and they don't serve us so well when we're adults. And I kind of walled off my heart and I think that that affected my healing. Um, and then it was the subconscious belief that that came to me. So it was in a plant medicine ceremony and it just had this belief surface that my inner child, that little girl inside of me was yearning for her mother's love. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just never felt close to my mom growing up and she wasn't really affectionate in any way. And the only time I really felt cared for was when I was sick. And she was, you know, babying me and, you know, taking care of me. And so it was just this big epiphany that that little girl inside of me is yearning for my mother's love. And I'm staying sick as an attempt to get her love. And it was just like, wow. Like, I I didn't want to even believe it. Like, yeah, right. Like, that can't be true. Like, I don't need my mom's love. Like, and then I was like, well it just, it came to me and, you know, the subconscious mind, it just, you just know things just surface and all it took was it for that to surface. And I was able to let it go. And that's what it took for me to heal. Wow. And you felt better after that. Yeah. And I, I purred cause it was ayahuasca ceremony. And I, I was gonna, That's what I figured it was. <laughs> I purged the rest of the old sick version of me into the toilet. And I was like, I'm done. I woke up a new person. I felt like a new person in the morning. Like I had new cells. Like I felt like the medicine rewired my entire nervous system, healed my gut. It just like went in and did what it needed to do. And I was reborn. I love that. I love that. I, I did a rotation, um, for pharmacy in Peru and really bummed out because the last group that went on the rotation, I mean, we were told that they were able to do ayahuasca and I don't know if the college (laughs) didn't like that. So we weren't able to do it. And I was really, really bummed about that, but, um, that's really cool that you were able to do that. And it was like a guided thing. Was it in California? Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, through a shaman, like, church basically Mm -hmm. um and yeah like a small group of people and yeah it's very very powerful very Mm life-changing I love that plant medicine like that and especially even like um psychedelics like psilocybin are starting to really come on the forefront and where people are able to have like a safe and supported place to really experience the benefits of them. I mean, this is kind of like a side tangent, but even people who are going through like a cancer diagnosis and chemotherapy, and maybe they do have a terminal diagnosis, but like having, I know like a psilocybin trip, like 
they are able to look at it in a completely different light. And I think having an opportunity, whether you have a plant ceremony or maybe it's hypnotherapy or, or just, you know, trauma healing that you work with, with a coach or, you know, whoever is certified to do that, you know, while you still have life to be able to shift your mindset and release those things that aren't serving you anymore is, is amazing. And I think your experience is just like a beautiful representation of that. Like how crazy is that? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I work with hypnosis with clients. And so it's like, if you don't want the whole experience of puking your guts out and the whole, the whole yeah. plant medicine, there are other ways to do it. Yeah. Okay. So hypnothe- like hypnosis, that's one way that you help your clients. How are there other ways that you kind of help them heal those wounds or even kind of like unearth them? Like I know some people aren't even aware that there's things that they need to release at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, You know, I think honestly, even just having a coach and accountability partner and somebody to talk to lets a lot of things just surface, just having somebody that's unconditionally listening to you. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of times we uncover things that they weren't even aware of, but definitely with the mind body techniques and hypnotherapy, we can get to that deeper level. We can get to that subconscious and really kind of have things surface quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the whole mindset piece too. The, the subconscious mind is really in, in control of like 90 plus percent of everything. The mindset's only, you know, five to 10%, but it is an important five to 10% because we do have to live with our mind every single day. Mm-hmm. And we can have thoughts that are healing or we can have thoughts that are destructive to our healing. So mm-hmm. becoming aware of those and being a guardian of our thoughts is an important part of the process too. Right. Yeah. So I'm, for example, clients that you work with and also clients that I work with, you know, if people have a mindset that they don't think that they can heal from their Lyme or their autoimmune disease, or if I have someone who just doesn't think that they can get pregnant, then that mindset is just going to keep you stuck in the mud. So definitely having like a mentor and a safe space, you know, where you feel like you can kind of dive into those like deeper places that a lot of times we're just like repress, 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 don't have time to uh, deal with that right now. Um, Exactly. Yeah, that's amazing. So I recall you mentioning that Lyme is like, was it the great imitator or the big Mm -hmm. imitator or something like that? So um, I'd love for you to kind of share what that looks like a little bit more practically. And I know that like a lot of the side effects can kind of mimic other things. So what would those side side effects be? Yeah. So the bacteria that causes Lyme Borrelia, it's a corkscrew shape. And so it can bore into tissues. And so it basically can bore into any tissue. So some people have a lot of joint pain. It goes into their joints. So pain is their main symptom. Other people could be fatigue. Other people have neuro issues maybe it's seizures or headaches or head pressure. Um, Sometimes people are misdiagnosed with MS or ALS or Parkinson's or dementia, um, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia. So there's all these 
a lot of times if people, doctors don't dig deep enough and they can't come up with a diagnosis, I feel like, you know, chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia can kind of get slapped on somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely a lot of people that have, you know, a lot of those kind of diagnoses or they're not sure if they have Lyme or not because the testing is um, not super accurate. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask that, like, are these people getting diagnosed with all these things just for a lack of not testing for Lyme? Yeah. So, um, yes, or they're testing with, you know, what is outdated tests in my opinion, but the guidelines still say to use, um, and medical practitioners are still taught that Lyme disease comes from a tick and you get a bullseye rash. And so if there's no history of a tick bite, no history of a rash, then they just don't even go there. Mm-hmm. Um, what, in reality, only like 30 to 50% of people actually get that bullseye rash. Okay. That's, that's good to know. I didn't necessarily realize that. Yeah. So conventionally they have outdated ways to test like in the uh, holistic integrative community. Are there better ways to test that you have available? Yeah, they have just more in-depth testing um, because they use a one test to rule it out, but the basically it doesn't meet the criteria of a test to rule things out because it's not sensitive enough. Um, so then if if that's negative, they don't even look further. Um, so they they do more in-depth testing. Plus, you know, there's a lot of different strains and Um, so yeah, they just look at more of the criteria. And the other main thing too, is, you know, you're testing for antibodies. And so some people don't have that antibody response, especially if they've had Lyme for a long time and their immune system is really suppressed, they might not test positive. Right. Right. Okay. Um, what are some other ways minus like mindset that you kind of help your clients in case there's anyone listening that has Lyme or maybe they know someone who has Lyme disease. And now that they're aware that there's more natural ways to kind of help relieve their symptoms and help them get to a better level of health, what would that look like? Yeah. So my program is really comprehensive. Um, we look, you know, mind, body, soul, keep it all, um, you know, all comprehensive and, I give some supplement recommendations, but also do like a thorough evaluation of their medications and supplements, looking for any interactions, looking for medications that can deplete your body of certain nutrients and making sure that we're compensating for that. So there's that supplement piece. And then really the focus is more so on the lifestyle changes, what I like to call habit hacks, where we could just implement simple lifestyle changes. Um, I come from an ancestral viewpoint as far as, you know, Mm -hmm. decreasing inflammation in the body by living our life a little bit more like our ancestors. And um, so with these lifestyle changes, we're looking at sleep, we're looking at diet, we're looking at movement, we're looking at stress management, you know, we're looking at everything because everything affects our healing. And then I like to shift people into what I call a magical mindset. And so that's the mindset work that we do with podcasts positive intelligence, as well as the subconscious work that we do with the mind body techniques, the hypnotherapy and and those kind of things. Love that. Yeah. It sounds like you hit all the notes that I hit on in terms of like my program as well, because you really do have to look at mind, body, spirit. Like you can't just look at one and not the others and expect to have like 
these miraculous results. It really has to involve all three. And that's definitely where like the conventional health space kind of misses. They really just focus on the physical. Yeah. And the detox and gut health is in there too. I didn't specifically mention that, but a lot of the lifestyle changes are geared toward that because we live in a toxic world and getting rid of those is really necessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because I can only imagine that if someone's immune system is already bogged down by Lyme and then if they're, you know, just inundating their bodies with endocrine disruptors and all these things, it's just going to make it so much harder for their detox pathways and their immune system to keep up for sure. Yeah. So I would love to talk about, um, we were kind of talking before we started recording, if a mother is pregnant, that Lyme can actually cross the placenta. Yeah, so it can. Even the CDC now says that on their website, um, which they didn't say for the longest time. Um, (laughs) But we've known that. Um, so it can cross the placenta. So I, it's not uncommon for me to see families that have more than one person affected. Um, the other piece of that is that there's a thought that it's sexually transmitted and that's not, you know, the CDC doesn't say that, but a lot of Lyme literate doctors do say that there's some conflicting research out there. Some studies that show it's not some show that it is. Um, but again, it's that spirochete, which is a cousin of syphilis, which we know is you know, sexually transmitted. So uh, there's potentially that component as well. And so for that reason, it tends to affect families. And, you know, it's hard enough when you have a chronic disease, or I mean, if it, if it doesn't get treated, it becomes chronic, or if you miss the diagnosis. And then if you also have, you know, children who are dealing with it and are sick or a partner who's dealing with it, uh, that puts even more stress on the family. Yeah, wow. So if a mother were to have Lyme, but maybe they didn't know, is it like a guarantee that the child would have it? Or is it just kind of like genetics where we have our genetics, but it's really like the environment and everything that kind of like determine the expression of that gene and things like that? Yeah, good question. I don't know what the statistics are. I know that it's uh, transmitted through the placenta. So I would imagine, you know, that if if the baby had like a really healthy immune system, didn't have a lot of toxic exposures, things like that, then they may not, you know, get an active infection. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it is recommended if if they find out that the, that the mother has it to treat. Um, so I don't know exactly what those statistics are, but I know like there's people who are potentially exposed to Lyme disease who don't get sick. And then there's others who get really sick. So there's definitely that, you know, it's more than just the germ theory. It's really the terrain theory. Like there's more than just the bug. It's how healthy are you? How resilient is your body? What other toxins and stressors are you exposed to? Uh, So I definitely think that that can all play a part. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any tips? Like, so say someone is listening to this and they recently got bit by a tick or maybe down the road they get bit by a tick. Do you have any recommendations for what to do at that point? Cause I know that that can be kind of a little scary and um, you know, I, I know that they can prescribe like what a couple days of doxy or something like that. Like, is that the best way to kind of prevent you from getting Lyme or are there other things you could do to support the body? 
Yeah. So there, you want it to, you know, remove the tick as soon as possible, clean the area. I recommend putting betonite clay on it um, Mm -hmm. with some gauze on top and then like drawing that out to potentially draw out anything. Mm -hmm. I would do some, you know, immune boosting herbs and things like that. Um, if you do antibiotics, you want to do them for long enough. So typically doctors are still writing for a one-time dose and there's really no evidence that shows the bacteria would be killed off with just one dose. Um, the life cycle of the bacteria is 28 days. So really if you're going to do antibiotics, you'd want to do a full course. Mm. Um, and then I would say the most important thing is probably just to be really, really diligent of any symptoms that arise so that you can get help. Mm-hmm. And, and the, again, it's the great imitator. So it could be like fever and fatigue and joint ache, like things that are nonspecific. So it's a little hard to pinpoint, but I would just be very vigilant about that. Mm-hmm. And the, the other big thing is inflammation. So um, Lyme loves inflammation. So you would want to make sure that you're not eating sugar, not drinking alcohol, that you're doing everything you can to be really healthy um, so that your body can fight off, you know, any potential issues. And you can also mail the tick in. So you can see, mm. you can have the tick tested to see what pathogens are in there. That's the other thing we haven't really hit on is that it's never just Lyme disease. The The tick is known as the dirty needle of nature, where they're just jumping from one organism to another. They're picking up all these parasites and viruses and bacteria. So I've never seen somebody that only has Lyme disease. They have multiple other infections. Okay. What would be like the most common? So probably Bartonella and Babesia um, are commonly what I see. And like Epstein-Barr virus, I don't think I've had a single client who hasn't had Epstein-Barr virus. Like who who also has Lyme? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So the first two I'm not super familiar with that you mentioned, but the Epstein-Barr, yeah. that's um, mono... If yeah. I'm correctly. So yeah. I had mono in high school. So that's interesting. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Cause would you say that, that people are getting that from that tick bite or is it just from their immune systems not being really, really strong? So they're just picking those up easier from other places. So both. So, um, you know, sometimes there, there's usually more than one organism in the tick itself, but then the other ones are opportunistic because as these infections wear your immune system down, you're more susceptible to other things. Mm-hmm. So like, like I say, I have Lyme disease, I had Lyme disease, but I I had Bartonella and Babesia and Mycoplasma and Epstein-Barr and Cytomegalovirus and Parvovirus and the list goes on. I had a Candida as well. Like wow. I had a ton, a ton of things. I probably had like 20 um, because I had, you know, been dealing with it for 20 years. And so uh, you you just keep picking up things. And that's why it was like, I was fine for a while until I wasn't because at that point, I had so many infections. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's a good point to make that it's not, it's not just Lyme disease, it could be a much greater picture um, at the end of the day. Yeah. So I know from experience and from just even my clients and my community that doctors can tend to be very dismissive, you know, gaslighting patients, minimizing symptoms. Um, So what like recommendations for best steps moving forward would you have for someone who is just like, I know something is not right. 
I want to pursue, you know, different ways to kind of see what's going on, but their doctor is just not being supportive and not kind of agreeing with them or whatever it may be. What would be your best plan of action for that? So I would, you know, it depends kind of on their philosophies. If they wanted to go more Western medicine or more natural, um, I would typically recommend that they, you know, maybe see a functional medicine doctor who's just going to have like a wider view, a wider toolbox, you know, and do a little bit deeper digging of like, um, you know, what's going on Um, or potentially a naturopath or, if they wanted to go more Western medicine, there's the Infectious Disease Society of America versus ILADS, which is the International Lyme and Associated Disease Society. And there's this split between the two. And so I would not recommend the infectious disease doctors. A typical infectious disease doctor um, still kind of has that philosophy that Lyme is hard to catch and easy to treat um, mm-hmm. when that's just really not what we're seeing. And the ILADS doctors are, are very specifically trained for Lyme and for the chronic versions of it. Um, so if you look at the ILADS website, you could find a doctor there. If you look at the Institute of Functional Medicine website, you can find a doctor there. That That's usually a better place to start than, um, you know, like a typical family practice doctor. Okay. That's a really great um, recommendation. So just so, you know, the listeners are clear, and I'm not really sure myself, do you typically you work with people who are already diagnosed with Lyme or an autoimmune, or do you help people as well who are maybe like, there's something wrong. I need help getting to the root cause. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So basically I help people, anybody who has pain or fatigue or brain fog, those are kind of like the main things. Most of my clients have Lyme or think that they have Lyme or think that they have some kind of autoimmune. Sometimes it's not clear. And so the good news is for me, the diagnosis really isn't a barrier because I work by decreasing inflammation in the body and doing so as naturally as I can. And so it doesn't really matter what they're diagnosed with because inflammation is the culprit for so many diseases and for pain and and fatigue and brain fog. Mm -hmm. So I really work on, on getting that inflammation down. It doesn't matter what the diagnosis is, but typically um, I would say most of my clients have a a diagnosis or a questionable diagnosis. And they're a lot of times they are seeing like a Lyme literate doctor or functional medicine doctor or somebody else as well. Um, But I, I see kind of a wide range. Okay. Love that. Thank you for the clarification. That's beautiful. So um, in case anyone that's listening does have Lyme or they know someone that has Lyme, I know that you mentioned you have a webinar that they could check out, a freebie, so to say. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, So basically it's called How I Cured My Chronic Lyme Disease. And it's beneficial even if you don't have Lyme, even if you have another chronic complex condition. And it just really goes into the details of what it took for me to heal and specifically the mindset that is needed in order to heal. So, um, and the website is limesupport.com slash heal for that webinar. Awesome. Thank you. And do you have any final words for the audience and then also share where they could learn more and connect with you as well? Yeah. Final words. I think it would be 
you know, that we have more power than we realize, um, you know, whether it's fertility or chronic complex health condition, if we have that belief that we can get well, if we have that belief, you know, in our final goal, then it can happen. Um, and, you know, in addition to the placebo effect, there's the nocebo effect where if you don't believe something is going to happen, it's more likely it won't. So mm -hmm. our mind is so, so powerful. So, um, if you can just realize that you're more powerful than you think, that's, that's a really big part of it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I completely agree with you, especially, you know, with my clientele as well, like that's a very, very big piece to the to the puzzle. So, and where can they learn more and connect with you? Um, so you can go to my website, limesupport.com, or you can find me um, on Facebook as well. Uh, I'm under Tina, my nickname, so Tina Arsenal. Awesome. And I'll definitely put all of those links down in the show notes. So, well, thank you so much for sharing your story and really your expertise with us today, Christine. It was a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Rising into Mindful Motherhood podcast. If this episode resonated with you or gave you an aha moment, stop what you're doing right now and write a review. This simple act of kindness helps me get this podcast out to connect with as many women as I possibly can. I also have a special offer. If you send me a screenshot of your review, I will take $250 off one of my premium coaching containers. Let me know what resonated with you the most and why. So connect with me and my free Facebook community or tag me on Instagram. You'll find both listed below. Thanks again from the bottom of my heart for tuning into this episode and I'll see you next time.